0: This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the latest Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I'm Joe Rimmer, your host, and today I'm joined by Sean Bradbury. How are you, Sean?
1: Not bad, mate. Not bad. Recovered from Covid. Available for selection again. So, um, yeah, all good. Looking forward to a little chat.
0: Bringing the plane into land again.
1: Always got to get the lads back from Linz, haven't we, so
0: wave them in. I've seen you landing the plane on the blood red pod.
1: I've got a bit of competition today, though. Kiefer's Kiefer's got the cans on as well, my co-pilot over there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Glad to see. Well, you've you've ruined the surprise for any listeners. It is Kiefer McDonald. How are you, Kiefer?
2: Very well. All the better for uh, being here today with with Sean and yourself. Plenty to get stuck into. Plenty of planes to land, so yeah, Yeah. very excited.
0: (laughs) Plenty of planes to land. Well, Liverpool landed in Austria yesterday. Um, or probably the day before and um, after going a goal behind again this season they, they won 3-1 um, it didn't feel as as stressful perhaps as some of the, the earlier comeback victories this season but they got the job done Sean what, what did you make of the, the overall performance we'll, we'll get into sort of individuals shortly but um, what what did you like about it perhaps what did you not like about it
1: Yeah, thought it was was really good. Um, Just was quite pleased when the travelling party was first confirmed that, you know, it was clear Klopp was going to take it pretty seriously, get this first game won, you know, send a strong squad over there. And that's the absolute key thing, isn't it, at this point in the Europa League campaign, especially when that first game's away from home. Go, get it won, come back. And I think the way that Liverpool's fixtures now run with the difficulty of the domestic games ramping up a little bit especially those two away spares brighton but you know even either side of that you've got west ham at home got a derby you know it's four tough fixtures to have the two europa league games that are now both home games against the other Mm -hmm. opponents in the group who drew last night as well which 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 is a big plus for liverpool it it all points towards what with fingers crossed would be quite a quite a cozy group stage campaign for liverpool which which i I really think they need i think for for a while we've looked at this Europa League. campaign this season is obviously not ideal everyone wanted to be in the champions league but it really could have its benefits if if liverpool play it right get out the group go far in the competition in terms of you know one domestically helping them you know freeing up midweeks where they can rest and rotate but then the other side of the coin the second point is being able to give players game time and i think that's what the, uh, the people were down on the first half like like quite severely judging by um some of the reaction on twitter and from a few people i was speaking to but i thought it was all right to be honest you know i, I don't think it was anywhere near as bad as wolves when liverpool probably should have been two nil down before before the comeback came i thought it was sluggish at times but it wasn't awful there was some joy there was some decent chances you know nunez header that was somehow saved you know liverpool could well have had their goal in the first half but overall yeah i, I thought it was um it was a good performance obviously the cavalry came on again that that theme continues klopp's getting his subs right even if things from the outset aren't always perfect in games but I think there's we have to give him some leeway for that as I say as players get used to things and as he tries different things out at this stage of the season only thing I say was potentially a negative I was just a little bit surprised as to how long Diaz played I thought you know obviously the game state in Liverpool kind of not being in front for a good while um, contributed to that but I just think now he's such a key man isn't he for, for getting Liverpool on the front foot and Really unlocking everything in the, in an attacking sense that I think that was the first full game he's played this season. Um mm. so I'd say that was the only thing that probably wasn't ideal because he just he has to start against West Ham for for, for that width and threat. But uh but I'm nitpicking the there. I think it, I think it was a good night, get that first win on the board and hopefully crack on with the campaign.
0: Yeah, I agree with you on the first half. I didn't think it was too bad. They went behind to an absolute stunner, which can happen. Um they had a couple of chances to equalize. It was a bit disjointed, but Kiefer, they did make 11 changes and um, Sean talked there about the squad, about the cavalry coming on. I mean, I suppose what we've seen so far this season and probably most in this game is that, unlike last season perhaps, Liverpool do have a squad that you can rotate and, and, and still feel like the team's a threat that they can win games. Do you think that's fair?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Klopp spoke to any pre-match about the Europa League and as Sean says there, that they're they, were, they were always going to take it seriously. And to be honest, judging by Liverpool's squad now, not it's not just a team of 11 players, it's, you know, it's 23. Um, they, they really can't, they couldn't really field uh, a team that would be weakened or viewed as weakened, you know, in, in years gone by where maybe you've got, you're trying to get yourself into the Premier League top four and you've maybe got Europa League game on the Thursday mm-hmm. as we saw so often during, you know, Brendan Rodgers' time. And, you know you're trying to make calls or throw youngsters in or inexperienced players but you know look will have you know, I mean the the players they have an attack now Luis Diaz you know Darwin Nunes Cody Gapo Luis Diaz and then you throw Ben Doak in there who you know plays an hour last night there's just options everywhere and that's without you know throwing in Trent Alexander Arnold and Thiago Alcantara into that squad yeah. so you know there's options everywhere there's quality strength and depth I mean even the midfield which has undergone, what, 150 million quid revamp, and then you throw the likes of, you know, Elliot, who who were, you know, really impressive last season, and Curtis Jones at the back end of last season as well, who perhaps aren't even guaranteed starters anymore, and, you know, they've been so impressive last season. So Liverpool do have options, and, you know, it feels like, as Sean says, it should be a straightforward group campaign for Liverpool. They, I think... They'll be looking ahead now to so that home game against usg in a few weeks time and thinking you know if we win that and then we have to lose who are the, the the fourth seeded side in the group you know they got them home and away back to back you know that's, that's six points then and then you can look at like, the final two games as a group where okay you may be bringing someone like a bobby clark and, and you know th- those yeah. kind of changes and so yeah i mean it's really is positive uh, we were just saying before before we went on air weren't we that it was quite a difficult game to assess given those 11 changes and it's so early in the season i mean I thought endo struggled and i thought similar like struggled as well but you know that for their kind of first proper outings i know Endo's played before but with 11 men you know nice for a change um i mean that, there's a lot of players you'd imagine started last night who, who will be in the frame to play against leicester on on tuesday and, and that will be part of their rhythm um you know for going into the season and you know it's only going to benefit liverpool isn't it but yeah as i say there was, there was loads to be positive about and especially the strength in depth i mean i was looking just before the pod actually and it feels I'm not sure how you guys feel about it but it certainly feels as though Klopp's substitutions obviously they've been on the money but also it feels like they are coming earlier in games um I mean the one at Wolves on on Saturday obviously I know McAllister's circumstances around you know his travel made him an obvious withdrawal but to sub someone on 46 sub someone off sorry on at half time felt you know something like Klopp doesn't do a lot um you know certainly you know for, for kind of like for like um and also a player who's who's not injured or you know, not had anything. Uh, to just, I know he was bad, but there was loads of players who were bad on Saturday. McAllister wasn't the only one, yeah. um, and then even before that, I mean, just I, I jotted a few down here. I mean, uh, so last night he makes one on sixty-one, he makes two changes, doesn't he? McAllister and Sir like come on against Wolves, obviously half time. Villa, the first sub is sixty-five. Newcastle, apart from Van Dyke's, you know, one being forced into change. I think the first. Well, the secondary sub is on 58, Bournemouth at 63 and Chelsea at 66. So that just kind of shows that Liverpool now, if 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 things aren't going to plan, they can really, you know, look to the bench and, and kind of shuffle the pack again and, and go again. And it, it feels like Liverpool missed that, certainly last season. Um, you only have to look at the, the year they went for the quadruple and did so well in both Cups, the kind of strength and depth they had and, you know, with Minamino and Origi and their, their contribution. So, you know, if, if that's kind of the... How Liverpool fared with, with those kind of quality of options, you'd say now, you know, being able to bring a gappo or a Diaz or you know, a newness off the bench is, is another level to that, so yeah, really exciting times.
0: Yeah, I saw uh, Andrew Beasley uh, tweeted a stat, friend of the show, Andrew Beasley, based in certainly worth a follow. Um, he tweeted a stat, um, at full time, saying that I think in the first half of games it's been five five, um, this season, and then the second half 10 zero, so you know, Liverpool have shown quality in the second half and perhaps showing some of their their, um, their failings in the first half. But it does speak to what you've just said, Kiefer, the substitutions, Klopp getting them right, being decisive, perhaps being more confident in his squad and his bench. Um, we'll talk about some of the positives from last night. Um, we'll start with Ryan Gravenberch, who, um, yeah, I mean, really impressed me. I thought he was um, rangy, s- skilful. Um, I thought the Wijnaldum comparisons might have been Slightly lazy before we'd seen him properly play. But having watched him last night, I think it probably does feel quite right. He was very multifunctional um, and then got a great assist. What did you make of him, Sean? Obviously, the little scare at the end, but Klopp talked about it just being cramped. So that's uh, that's good news. But, yeah, were you impressed, Sean?
1: I was, yeah. I th- thought, um, yeah, it was really good. And, and, and his interview afterwards, I thought it was really nice. He was he was clearly buzzing, very, very smiley, happy to get his first full debut um, on yeah. on out the way for the Reds. And um, it was interesting, like, obviously, long-term, it remains to be seen what he becomes as a player for Liverpool. Obviously, as you say, you know, there's, there's a lot to his game and there'll, there'll clearly be a bit of versatility. But there's been talk, hasn't it, about perhaps moulding him into a, a more of a number six and more of a defensive midfielder who's got other strings to his bow. But, you know, he was saying, like, and perhaps this was just the circumstance, you know, it being his first proper start. He, he said Klopp had said to him in training, oh, will just go out there, just go out there and be the Ryan that uh, that everyone knows you can be. It was you know a nice little kind of um, rallying speech like that, where obviously not too much kind of in depth tactical stuff. And and this idea of trying to you know change his position, like I think that that's that's to come further down the line. But but well, yeah, he, he he took that on. I think what Klopp's advice and and did did put a really positive showing in. Obviously got his assist. Saw a stat that I think said he created five chances in the time he was on the pitch, which was more than anyone else. Recovered the ball seven or eight times. Um, one thing, again, I think this, this is another thing that um, our mate Andrew Beasley had flagged up or someone on Twitter. He, he he draws a lot of fouls, you know, yeah, but yeah. there's something about his game that is able to break up the play like that in a, in a useful way for Liverpool. And, and and that was there. But yeah, I think he was a bit of an eye catcher in a in, in first half where there wasn't a lot of cohesion around him. I think when he got on the ball, he was looking for some interesting angles and passing options, tried a couple of one twos. You know, I think he will be someone who'll get in the box and score as well. Yeah. You, you know, you, you can you can see them. There was that one move in particular wasn't aware if 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 the touch before he, he it was intercepted was right. I think he would probably would have got his first goal. Never mind his first assist. So, um, yeah, plenty to build on there, and just seems like a positive character as well to to have around the the group. Um, so yeah, very pleased with that.
0: Yeah, a slight little crackle on your your helicopter mic there, Sean. Are you, are you flying through a little bit of turbulence?
1: <laughs> I'm sorry
0: about we'll that. That might.
1: But I just think because I was excited by Gravenberch. So yeah. it was just, you know, really? I'll, try and, I'll try and stay still for, for, yeah. for my next segment.
0: Yeah. Um, Keith, what did you make of Gravenberch? I mean, the, the, the assist was great, wasn't it? The burst into the box. Um, it felt like he had a bit of pace to get away and, and then a nice ball across goal. I mean, it, it, uh, Sean has covered a lot of bases there, but it, but it really does feel like he's another different style of player in Liverpool's midfield. And they've got they've got players who can do a bit of everything
2: yeah absolutely i mean the thing i wrote down just on a few minutes before i was just a jack of all trades and that that's very much what he feels like from his you know i know we saw a bit of him at wolves for a couple of minutes but last night i thought he was really good and you know he's a strong runner a powerful runner isn't he you could see that for the assist when he kind of makes the overlap and, and gets down the line and you know not only to to kind of Move the team up in up the pitch in that position but also get your head up and, and fire a quality ball across goal is, is no mean feat so you know that was really pleased and, and as Sean says you could you could tell how much it means to him but yeah. I was kind of similar to you Joe I saw like a lot of and comparisons you know when we signed him and I can't say I'd seen a, a lot of him you know see stuff of him you know clips and highlights from whenever he was at Ajax or whatever but never sit, sat down and fully watched like a, a full 90 minutes of him so I was kind of last night you know what to expect mm. but he, as you say who did kind of did everything and i think he got wiped out after about 10 seconds it was a really heavy foul wasn't it and it was a little, little turn well. to, yeah really good turn to, to kind of drop the shoulder and and then you see him you know picking the ball as, as the deepest man as well and then there was a few where he kind of just he galloped with the board into it i think the, the just before he went off injured he, he probably should have released it a, a bit earlier a couple of seconds but the 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 way he made himself up the pitch and drove is, is something that i haven't you know Liverpool haven't really had in, in recent years And Certainly, last year they lacked legs in midfield. I think that was, you know, abundantly clear from you know all the games they played on the road. They just got, you know, just out fought and out ran and and kind of everything that was wrong with Liverpool. He kind of seems to have signaled last night. So I know it's early days, but you know it really is is pleasing. And you know I think to have someone who's almost not a utility man. I think that's unfair to say, but someone who you can you're not building a system around him but you can he can be your final piece where you know if you need him to sit in a pivot you know you can do that as well if you need him to, to be an advanced number eight you can do that as well and as Sean says he's he's made a few runs into the box even at Wolves he could have scored one. I think Diaz probably could have squared it you know towards the end I think there's another one where he got the ball caught under his feet as well so he, he looks like he knows where the goal is and again that's something that Liverpool haven't you know goals in midfield is, is something they haven't really had since since probably casino's time at Liverpool so you know whilst there isn't a you know it's only been 90 minutes but there isn't a position where you'd say is his best. And I think Klopp said that himself. He kind of listed everything he, he's good at. Um, but just to kind of have someone who can tick a lot of boxes, is, I think it's going to be really handy for Liverpool, especially, you know, in the Europa League, if they are, you know, mashing midfields up and, you know, throwing Elliot in one week, you know, yeah. Jones the next, Thiago the next. I think that is really going to help him. You know, that was what Alden's biggest asset was for the first couple of years until he nailed himself down in the team is that he could be thrown in, he could turn his hand to any task. Yeah. And then you eventually get to that stage where you are undroppable. And, and then you can maybe... You know, refine your game, um, but yeah, for the moment, I'm, I'm, you know, for the for the for the package Liverpool paid for him, you know, you can see why they were so eager to get that across the line, and you know, it looks like Bayern's loss is going to be Liverpool's game.
1: The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
0: Yeah, I really, I really like the balance they've got midfield. That, you know, I like, like the look of Grabben Birch last night. So Bosley for 30 minutes came on. And there was that, you know, there was the elements, was in the game, Sean, of Liverpool bringing on the cavalry and and some of those players just looking a class apart. I mean, Salah, Salah looked like he, he really didn't belong in the Europa League. He, he He's a Champions League player, isn't he? And he, and he proved it. But so Bosley looks great. I love that McAllister can sort of switch play quite quickly and, and play those sort of passes that, that get Liverpool straight in the front foot. And then you've got, you know, hopefully Endo, we'll, we'll talk about him shortly, but can do the dirty work a little bit. And then promising youngsters like like Elliot and, and Jones, so there's a really. And then Thiago, which we, we forget about, don't we? Who's to come back and he'll bring class, experience, um, and if he can keep himself fit, it will make that interest that midfield battle really interesting. Um, but away from the midfield, Sean, for a moment, Darwin Nunes obviously got the equalizer from the penalty spot. Could have scored in the first half if, if not for a great save. I, I always find it funny when um, went forwards. Like the, when 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 on commentary they, they praise amazing saves, but always say, "But he should have scored anyway." I thought, well, "What more could he have done?" You know, it arrived at him really quickly. He powered it at goal, and the goalkeeper makes a great save. There's not—I don't really think he could have placed it into the corner. But anyway, I thought he was sort of again, and I thought he, when he came on against Wolves, it was the same. He was one of Liverpool's most threatening players. Everything good they did went through him. Um He felt from last season going into this one, he needed a bit of momentum, sure. And it feels like he's got it. Um, what did you make of his performance and, and what have you made of him so far this season?
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think Nunez of last season compared to this season, for me, there's, there's two changes so far. And one, I hope will continue and the other, I'm confident, will continue. But one, he just looks more clinical, doesn't he? I mean, he came yeah. on against Newcastle and showed that. But, there seems to be a bit more certainty to his finishing. I think he's picking better areas. And like you said, with that header, you know, it was a great save. There's not too much that could be done. But the other, he looks a little bit more like he's a, a bit more of a bully to me. There's been a few times where he's just out the centre-half, powered away from them, you know, use the power and the pace in 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 a in really good combination. And I think, obviously, to thrive as a number nine in, in this league, over the long term, you need you need both those things, don't you, especially to keep your place in the team like Liverpool with the options that they've got. So really encouraging, especially because, you know, th- there's been this long term question about how does he work in a Liverpool team where you've always had a number nine who's been a bit false. And there's, you know, coming to midfield yeah. like Firmino did or uh, th- there was a point last season where it looked like with the new formations change and and other things like I was listening to a Pep Linder's podcast fairly recently, and he wasn't he wasn't digging out Nunes whatsoever, but he was just he was talking up Gakpo about how key he was to the the late resurgence last season. Um and I, I think there's not that there's a question mark around him now. Again, he's just one of the great options that Liverpool have, and he's already scored now, he's off the mark, and, and his time will come. He'll have purple patches this season, Gakpo. But you're starting to see now, I think, how Nunes fits into this team and I think a bit of it is one of the other guys you mentioned, the Tab and lie behind them, who's just an yeah. absolute... <laughs> I can't remember a midfielder showing such a range of qualities and settling in so quickly at Liverpool as him. He just looks the complete package, doesn't he? And I think what what Liverpool will hopefully be able to do in time in midfield behind Nunes, both in terms of like pressing and, and taking a bit of that responsibility away from Darwin... And and also setting him up, teeing him up, the likes of McAllister and others, you know, finding him with with balls over the top or or clever ones into his feet, whatever, will be massive. And and just the last thing, I know you mentioned Salah as well. Um, I, that yeah, that that was. I've not seen a cameo like that where someone looks a cut above. So so obviously from the first time yeah. they get the ball to, to the end of it. Um, and I, and I do wonder whether he just you know the, the Saudi question will rumble on, won't it? And I'm sure if money keeps getting thrown at that league, the quality will will improve. But He's got to ask himself, will he, will he be happy if it's that easy every week? or well, if not easier, and he's playing yeah. in front of no one, you know, kicking the ball in the back of the net five or six times every game. Because, yeah. you know, he's a cut above. He's made for the Champions League. And if, if he gets Liverpool back there this season, then you know he deserves a few more seasons in it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Keefer, in terms of in terms of the forward line, one of the things I really like about it is if you think of Liverpool in their prime of the clock. It was Salamani Firmino. And even though they had other people knocking around, like a who would certainly play his part before that storage who certainly played his part, no one ever really came close to breaking up that front three. Whereas Liverpool's front options now feel like whatever combination you play, you, you, you're quite happy with it. You can play a Nunes and you get a different style. Shaw mentions Gakpo, I think you get more of a Firmino replicant if you play him in the in the middle. Diaz gives you width, Salah gives you goals. I mean again, it feels like, just like the midfield, it's another area of pitch that Liverpool have that they can constantly tweak and adapt to whoever the opposition is, doesn't it?
2: Absolutely. I I think we said it in in the summer about um, kind of options and how Klopp, I think we compared it to his midfield in years gone by and said it, you know, I think long gone are the days where you have a set front three or even a set 11 for that instance. I mean, obviously you have positions like your Alisson's, your Van Dijk, your Canate's, your Trent's, but... In terms of the bigger picture, it very much feels like now, especially like I say with the, with the front line, it's horses for courses, and you know whether you're playing home or away, a top six opposition, you know bottom of the league, Luton Town, or whoever you are, Klopp has you know options. And I mean, it was only what three, four, five months ago that that gap as as uh, short says, there was kind of key in Liverpool's resurgence, you know, going 11 on beat at the back end of the season, and obviously Klopp said to me about Nunes that he is pressing, you know, wasn't kind of on song and. All of a sudden those big question marks about nunez and this was only in april and Liverpool looked invincible and you know kind of new life was breathed into them people saying well how does nunez get back in the team and then you know six games into the new season you'd argue argue Gakpo pose the one now who you, who hasn't really had a tune out of him this season and i know he's you know been deployed in a deeper role and, and on the left sometimes as well and he's kind of been the makeshift man mm-hmm. um but it just shows you how quickly you can change and i'm sure you know in six weeks you know nunez or someone whether it be Diaz or Jota whoever will be going through a bit of a purple patch and we'll be speaking about you know someone else and and whatever so it, it just kind of all changes so quickly and I think Diaz is the one at the minute obviously with Salah who you know the two who you think yeah they've got to start if they're fit every week you know if you're playing a Champions League final tomorrow yeah. you know Diaz and Salah are the two aren't they but apart from that I mean you can make a case for all of them I mean I, I really do like Gakpo and I think that the biggest compliment I could pay from pay to him is that you know one for me was leaving at the end of last season i don't think anyone was too worried and you know given everything he had won at Liverpool and how instrumental he'd been over the last eight years to kind of let a player waltz out of, not whilst at the door but you know be happy with his decision that all parties felt it was the right time i think you know having only been at the club for six months was was kind of a massive a massive green flag for him um and obviously he's a completely different player to Nunes. isn't he? someone who comes you know drops into midfield and kind of creates that overload and looks to link passes a bit cuter on the eye i think Nunes last night, we we saw him as, as Sean says he kind of ruffled a few feathers into you he? He ran the line. He he got his body in the way. It's kind of similar to that goal, um, <clears throat> the third goal that Wolves on 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 Saturday when he you know he gets his body in front of Craig Dawson. He think he did that last night, didn't he? When, when Gomez yeah. plays the ball up and he kind of holds it up and then gives it to, to Elliot. I think it is um, who later plays it to Gravenberch. So you know there's plenty to like, and the, I think the good thing is that they're completely different you know profiles of players. So you know if you are going to Spurs next week and you think actually we need we need someone to you know, stifle their midfield and sit on their number six. You're probably looking at Gap Poe. But if you're playing West Ham, you know, on Sunday afternoon and you think, you know, we're going to have a few chances here, they might be tied legs from Europe. You're thinking Nunes is the one who's going to, you know, flourish from that. So, yeah, plenty to be excited about. And I think it, as I say, I think it just dis- disproves that myth of, you know, that you have a set front free now. I think, you know, not only because of the quality that Liverpool have, but also because of player welfare. I mean, you know, Liverpool probably end up playing 60, 65 games again this season. And I think there will be. You know, the games will be healthily shared out in Liverpool's ranks.
0: Yeah, that, that's it. I mean, I think it's quite remarkable that in the last couple of years we've seen players like Firmino and Mane leave, but the forward line doesn't look weaker for it. If anything, it looks stronger for it. You know, I, I like that you can play Gakpo in, you know, Spares is a great example to me of a game that I would want Gakpo to start in if you, if you want Liverpool to sort of try and retain the ball when they get it and, and, and take the sting out of the game. And then if you want to scare a team like Liverpool did with Bulls, Nunes is your man. And then if you're putting a load of pressure on a team and you need to nick another goal, Jota is is, is just great for that, isn't he? So it feels like they've got real options. Another just option, to uh, so just jump,
1: jump in on that as well. I mean, I think that the notion, not, not that you guys have said this, but like quite a few have suggested, you know, Salah's on the decline. Well, he's not, is he? Nah. There's goal involvement every game so far this season. I think what you guys said about gap post spots on, you know, I said this on, on a pod previously, but I think if... If he continues to develop, not only could he potentially do or you know ape some of what Firmino did for Liverpool, but because he's comfortable out on the wings as well, he could he could offer even more. But the, the point I'd add to what you lads have said is for me the, the what you wanted to see from Diaz, he was a constant menace when he first came, you know, really helped Liverpool so much in that chase for the quadruple by just running teams ragged and, and being an outlet. But he looks like that that killer mentality, yeah. some of those runs that, that Mane would perhaps make and the positions he'd take up. I know it was a simple-ish finish, um, the, the one that Gravenberch put to him. But
0: yeah. I think,
1: the, the, you know, it, it, for a little bit, it looked like he was like this brilliant player who, if he was going to score a goal, it would be like an incredible one from outside the box. And, yeah. and he wouldn't be getting those easy ones that, that Mane would, would make look easy by, you know, getting in the right position. If he's doing that as well and he unlocks that side to his game, then... You know, you've got some. You've got potentially two players who can do a lot of what the original brilliant front three did, and the other fellow's still here.
0: Yeah, and that's a great point. I, th- I think this season we're seeing that a lot, aren't we? And he's making those central runs. Um, yeah, that's a great point. And, th- and the things about said about Salah just, I think it's pure laziness, and it's it's probably people who don't watch him a great deal and just think of Salah as a goal scorer. When I think, you if you've watched him over the last like, and. You know, it, with the exception probably of his first season in which he you know he, he was phenomenal in front of goal. I think he's always been a much better team player than he gets credit for and and you know, he creates a lot of goals, he he causes you know a lot of panic in defenses and, and often he gets doubled up on. You know, we, we see and that's that's a good and a bad thing. It might sometimes make his life a bit harder, but it can be a good thing for Liverpool if they want to create space for, for other players. Keith, did you want to say something?
2: I was just gonna <laughs> say that point that Sean made earlier was I, I hadn't actually thought about that. And you know, ironically it could actually you know come back in Liverpool's favour, but as as Sean says, the, the level of Liverpool playing at last night is probably superior to what the Saudi pro league is at the minute. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, Salah's Salah's coming on with, you know, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes on like he did last night and he's you know, just how good he was, a class of He just kind of glides around the pitch, you know, throwing people off the ball. And, he, you know, that goal, I mean, it, it looked like something out of, like, Power League, didn't it? The way he just, just kind of you know, got yeah. past all the defenders and just stuck it through the goalie's legs and just kind of... He was he almost felt embarrassed, didn't he, when he scored? He didn't even celebrate. He was a bit like, oh, you know, here I am on a Thursday. You know, the plane's been landed. I'm here. but You know, not by choice, but... And, and, and that's, like...
0: Who landed the plane, Kiefer?
2: Probably Sean. He's, he's the expert pilot him. here, I think. I think yes. this is my first edition with the headsets. But... He's probably looking at that and thinking, you know, if I can fire Liverpool back to the Champions League, he's probably thinking I'm not ready for that. I know Klopp said a few times he's, he's marveled over his kind of physical presence and said he's he's, he's like Lewandowski, Ronaldo. We can go till he's 37. I mean, what is he 31? So he potentially six years, and and they won't all be at Liverpool, but yeah. you know, he, there's an argument to say you know another three years at Liverpool, he would still be one of the best, if not the best, in the league. I mean, we've seen it as as you you said that he's he's kind of changed his game from you know being this. You know, ruthless goal scorer. We've seen now this season to be a bit more of a creator. He's coming deeper. Bit. I mean, the goal at Newcastle, the ball that he plays to to Nunes for the for the for the winner. I think it is. I mean, how many times would Salah be on the end of that ball normally? But he's now ten yards deeper, picking up in those kind of holes. And I know Liverpool down to ten men, but it just kind of seemed like last night was almost like a glimpse into the future of like for Salah. And it was a bit like, oh yeah, I don't think he'll want that. So i, th- I just sort of got interesting what Sean said because I hadn't actually thought of it like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, does say some wise things sometimes. Does, does,
2: That's does, our,
0: pilot. <laughs> our pilot. Um another Well, another player that we haven't talked about, we've talked about all the forward options, was one one that played last night, which is Ben Doak, who, um, Kiefer, I'll stick with you, who I think brings something completely different, again, to that forward line. I mean, someone who, he does, you know, look a little bit of a throwback, and I'm sure his game will develop. Um, as he gets older, and Liverpool do like those forwards to come inside and score goals. But he, he um, you know, he cut across the byline a couple of times last night, putting crosses that didn't quite find people but, but caused a little bit of chaos. And I think Klopp said after the game he, he would have liked to have seen Liverpool find Ben Doak a bit more option uh, often and get, get him on the ball. But again, it feels like the Europa League's a perfect place for, for Liverpool to develop Doak as another, another serious option in that front line, doesn't it?
2: yeah absolutely um you know as I said Liverpool should pro- I know Klopp's out of respect didn't say it but Liverpool should sail through this group and you know no matter what team they field you'd expect them to get 18 points wouldn't you more or less um and, and Doke, as we say now you know he's he's what is he uh you've obviously got though you've obviously got Diaz Nunes, Gapo um Salah but Doak is Obviously, he's not at that level yet, but you can, you know, you're happy to interchange him with Salah, and that's essentially what he is at the minute. He's the, probably the only one at the club, Harvey Elliott aside, who 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 is capable of playing on the right. I know Jota does it sometimes, but in terms of like a natural right winger, you know, Doak is is the only deputy. And as you say, it was, it was, it was difficult, wasn't it? I don't think he had his, his finest cameo last night, but as I say, he's only 17. You know, doesn't turn 18 until next month, um, and. It's difficult, isn't it? Because with 11 changes, I think everyone was a bit off song for the first hour or so. And it was only, I think, you know, when this kind of started to form a bit of rhythm and, and some of the lads who played a bit more regularly this season, I thought Sir Boz, i turned it up a notch. But you, you now look ahead to Leicester and you think, you know, he'll probably start that. If not, you know, at least get half an hour. And that just further kind of eases his transition into the first team. I mean, he played at Chelsea, didn't he, for the final 15 minutes. But apart from that, he hasn't really played since. He hasn't played at youth level. So he will be rusty. Um, He's obviously played a few times for Scotland, uh, the 21s during that time. But it just now feels that, like with him, if you can give him these Europa League games and and League Cup games every three weeks or so, every two and a half weeks, you know, by the time you get to the the end of January, uh, sorry, the the January transfer window, then you might be looking at a loan and saying, right, you know, going to take the Europa League slightly more seriously now. You know, League Cup, you know, is, is coming to an end. Not sure where we stand with the FA Cup, but he's done that development at Liverpool. He's done that kind of initial. You know, Klopp's, Klopp's had his eye on him. Um, but yeah, I think he, he's a really, you know, a really bright player. And he's, he's different, I think, because I, th- I think he's fearless. And you see that every time he plays, he, you know, it doesn't matter who he comes up against. I always think of his Premier League debut when he came up against Luca Tigny. And he just let the ball run through his legs. With, I think that was his, what well, it wasn't his touch, was it? But, you know, his first involvement. And you just think, it's almost like an arrogance, but it's like a, not an arrogance in a bad way, but he just, you know, he, he, he knows that he deserves to be on the pitch. And I, I just don't think Liverpool have anything like him think when Elliot plays on that side he's a bit more conservative cuts inside will give the ball back um I think Jota is a bit more ragged isn't he I, I know Doak, some of Doak touches aren't as tight as they probably should be but given he's 17 you know he's, he's good isn't he? he loves that double step over to the byline and as you say the cross and to be fair there was one last night where I, I thought he was unlucky not to get an assist one kind of flew across and yeah. on another day you know someone someone else is probably there um but yeah I mean talking baby steps at the minute you don't want to you don't want to throw them into the deep end yet but this feels like a really nice middle ground for Liverpool at the minute and then as I say it gets to January and you kind of just you know as, as there will be a few of them you know I imagine Bobby Clark as well will be another one where they reassess and think right you know do you go and play six months in League One or the Championship and I mean as Gerard Kwanza has shown you know over the past week you know that's a good enough level and it kind of gives you that uh, that that senior side and that the men's game, and he can come back and and kind of put all that into a concoction, and hopefully it, it does benefit Liverpool along long term.
1: The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
0: Sean, any quick Ben Doug thoughts before I ask you about another couple of performances?
1: No, no, nothing really to add. I'll tell you what. I'll give you one. I'll offer up one. There was one point where I thought I know Liverpool have got a lot of players who like to play on the left. But when I was um when I was thinking about Diaz and the fact that he played the ninety, I did think is a some point where we we might see ben Doak on the left, cutting inside on his right, because just because obviously you know it's it's. It, it, when we have seen him so far, it's been on the right, hasn't it? But he yeah. is different to Salah. You know, he 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 wants to go a different way with the ball, doesn't he? So you know, I don't know whether there'll be ever be a point where that will be possible because there's a bit of a queue, isn't it? That's where you know Gakpo and Jota perhaps are, are going to yeah. get a look in when Diaz isn't fit. But um, I wouldn't mind seeing that, even if it was just for like half an hour in a game at one point. So go on, yeah. I've, I've found, yeah. I found a, a dope thought. I didn't. I thought I was going to yeah. struggle then, but you know, there's there's one for you. Yeah,
0: come on, yeah. Play him on the left and satisfy <laughs> sure. Um by Bacetic made his comeback um, yesterday, Sean. He played in the, the hybrid Trent role. There was a lot of chatter about him. It was difficult in the first half, slightly less difficult in the second half for him. But, I mean, it, he probably couldn't have been given a more challenging role, could he, for his, his return to the team than that. And, and it'd be quite hard to, to judge him, Sean, based on that performance, or that, that role, should, should I say.
1: Absolutely. And he's an interesting one, isn't he? Because I think in some ways, in terms of the step into midfield and ping it and, you know, find the long pass to Diaz or or whoever and see angles from that type of position, he's got it. I think, you know, he, he's potentially in that part of the role as able a deputy to Trent as, as the squad has got. But it's just this idea of, OK, you then have to sometimes cover it right back and cover quite a lot of the pitch, switch position. You've just come back, as you say, you know, you're making your return. So, yeah, there were, there were times that he struggled. And I thought a little bit, like, you know, this game, and obviously having seen Gomez in that position and what happened in the first half against Wolves, it's a bit like, well, why is, why is Klopp persisting with that when Trent isn't there? But I suppose, ultimately, it's still a system Liverpool are getting used to, isn't it? And maybe he's thinking... It's for the benefit of all the other players, because when Shrens when is back, he, he will be doing that or some variation of that role. So it's not just about the lads who are coming in and filling in in that role and whether they can do it. It's just cohesion and, and everyone else being able to do a job. But I thought that w- that was encouraging. um, in, in general, in terms of like cohesion around the team, I, I, and this is where I'd move on to the end, though, struggles and, and what people were saying about him. And I, I really think it was a bit unfair because... you. you to move forward into midfield you know obviously we talked about percentage there but you know that that midfield was Endo Gravenberch, and Elliot wasn't it and like yeah. it, that you you defend and attack as a unit in the Liverpool midfield don't you you press as a unit and like that that that's never played together you've got one lad who's making his first full start endo's only making his what fourth appearance and one of those was just you know a handful of minutes off the off the bench against villa uh, you know one of his other appearances was against you know 10 men uh, well four with 10 men you know in, in a kind of 4-4-1 four, four, and okay, he did start um, Newcastle, didn't he? With Sobersline, McAllister, but things are changing for Endo every time he plays. And you've got mm-hmm. Gravenberch and Elliot, who I think are you know quite attacking players, are quite front foot, aren't they, from what we've seen so far. So I, I thought he had it, it was just a hard job I, for him. I, I would I would make excuses for him, and some people were almost kind of not writing him off as a signing, but really getting stuck into him on Twitter. I just thought it was it was a bit unfair. He was you know at times the only man in the midfield who was kind of looking to defend, and and I actually thought the opposition certainly before they kind of began to tire early in the first half when they were at their best they were they were managing to somehow press quite high and and put try and put Liverpool on the back foot but then we're getting back in numbers so yeah. it was a difficult job for that Liverpool midfield i think at, at times and there would in the first half there was nowhere on the pitch where you thought there's there's a trio or a triangle that kind of knows each other's games and jobs well you know on the left you had Simicast, Grava Birch and Diaz, didn't you? Which is unfamiliar at best. On the right, you have Bissettic, as we say, coming inside, Elliott and Doak again. When Harvey Elliott's the senior man of, of a flank, it's a, it's a youthful flank. Um, yeah. And then, you know, so th- yeah, I, I just think there was, there was excuses for the lack of cohesion all over the pitch. And it was actually encouraging by the time that the first half ended, although Liverpool it wouldn't quite say they were totally on the front foot, but they were they were becoming the better team, and, and that was quite encouraging. I think that was probably why Klopp didn't immediately change it for, for the second half. You know, gave them a little while to to crack on. So, yeah, I was I was I was pretty impressed across the board there, and and I just wanted to give Endo a little shout because I uh, thought he got a bit of harsh stick.
0: Well, I'm glad you mentioned Endo because because and I were chatting about him before you before you popped into the um, the backstage area. Can we call it a backstage area before the pod... Uh, the green room, um, but um, yeah, I mean, Kiefer, I, I kind of feel with Endo, and what I saw last night, there is going to be a Fabinho sort of um, settling in period for it because I think it is a tough role, like Sean says. I think you know, he, he was pretty much the only person trying to defend at times in that midfield. He's got several new faces around him. Um, it wasn't the best performance, but but, but where do you stand? Lim? Do you think it's it's around that?
2: It's difficult, isn't it? I mean. I think first and foremost, he's stepping into massive shoes to fill Fabinho. And I think, you know, anyone who thinks he's going to replicate what Fabinho did at Liverpool is, first of all, needs to drop that idea. So I think the only comparison you, you can make between the two is what you said, Joe, in, in terms of Fabinho needing time to settle at the start. And as Sean said, you know, Liverpool press as a unit from midfield and the defenders a unit and to learn those patterns and those triggers and everything. It doesn't just come overnight, especially when, you know, probably half of your appearances have come playing you know new formations when you've you've only had 10 men um it's difficult isn't it I mean I I I, I think the most concerning thing for me was just I, I didn't think his positioning was great but the most concerning of all was how long he took on the ball there was a lot of like needless touches and he got caught out a few times and I think that, that, you know,
0: but, easy, but that reminds me exactly of what Fabinho was doing. yeah I remember specifically
2: Fabinho yeah. when they played Chelsea in the League Cup and they lost. I think Clock went on after and, and kind of gave Fabinho a bit of a talking down and was like, "I don't think we saw him again until I think they played Cardiff in the October or something." And, mm-hmm. and that's just that was probably like what four weeks or so. And Endo's obviously been thrown in a deep end because of you know everything that's happened with Liverpool's midfield this summer. Um, but as I say, it was just more so that the touches and the needless touches and like you know here and there and a few times you kind of just got one through the back of him and it's difficult isn't it because I don't think the pitch helped anyone last night I think there was a few times where the ball kind of got caught up I think especially for that the penalty incident percentage kind of goes to cross it and then kind of hangs Mm -hmm. back and I think that's because he's trying to you know get the get an understanding of the the kind of the ball and the trajectory of it on, on the pitch but yeah, it's difficult. I mean, I mean, he's not going to be in Liverpool's strongest eleven. I don't think, this year. I, th- I think we can very much say now that, you know, no matter how much he adapts in the, in the coming weeks and months, I think it will be McAllister there. Maybe Graven Birch in the long term, but I think McAllister's the one-clock trust. And just because he's a tidy footballer, he can operate on one-on-two touch. You know, he's played in different systems. You know, he's, he's a World Cup winner. His, his pedigree kind of speaks for himself. And I know he's still learning on the job. And, you know, I don't think we've seen half of what McAllister will be capable of at Liverpool, but... I think we've all been, he's not been a, a glaring red flag at the base of midfield. You've not been thinking, oh, my God, Liverpool are going to fall apart here. I think he just does the job. He's probably a six and a seven out of ten at the minute in due course. Hopefully, if he moves, you know, into this left-sided number eight position, we might see, start seeing nines and tens. But I think for the moment, it's, it's firmly going to be McAllister. And then, you know, you're probably looking at Graven Birch in, in, as I say, probably after the next international break is when he'll start to get more minutes, you'd imagine, in the Premier League. Um, and then, you, you know, if you are playing endo in these, Europa League games at Anfield and stuff where you are going to have 90% of the ball and whatnot, I think that is, that is fine, that's fair enough. And and you'd argue that's probably better than the squad decks that Liverpool have had previously. Um, so it's, it's one of those, it, you know, gets at a stage where if he, if he does start playing at Old Trafford or the Etihad or, you know, the Emirates in, in your six-pointers this year, then that's when I think you can maybe pick his performance apart and be like, you know, he should never be in this position. But for the meantime, as short says, it's pretty hard to, to kind of judge him off, you know, Three hundred odd minutes, where probably 150 of those have come with like ten men or so. So, not that not the most pleasing signs last night, but I'm, I'm sure he'll kind of find his way and find his pace into kind of English football soon enough.
0: let well, it's West Ham on Sunday. Uh, before we pick our teams, stop me if either of you have any burning thoughts about West Ham because I, I've got a couple of wants to say. I mean, I, first of all, I think they've got a pretty good squad. You know, looking through the, the players now, I think Moyes has done a really good job there. They've developed into Quite a handy football team. They they have a bit of steel about them as well. I think it will be a very tough game at Anfield on Sunday. Um, Kudos looks really good. Bowen has got a virus, so he might not play, but if he does, I think he's great. Liverpool have obviously been linked and have looked at him in the past. And I I really think uh, Bowen, I think if Bowen moved to Liverpool tomorrow, I think you'd see him go up a level, and I think he'd be really good for Liverpool. I don't think he will ever end up at Liverpool because I think now he's twenty-six and you know if they were to to look to 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 buy a, a replacement for Mohamed Salah, maybe that ship that has sailed a little bit, but but really like him. But the other point I wanted to quickly make is that I, I really think um I'm really pleased with Liverpool's midfield this this summer you know, that the signings that they've made, but I I am convinced they missed a trick in, in, in not signing James Ward prowse I still think he, he'd be a great Shaqiri type option in the squad. He's made an impact already at West Ham. He's a great, you know, I know it's, it's it feels like a bit of a lazy thing to say about him, but set pieces are a huge, huge weapon. And I think if you, if you were, I don't know, needing a goal in a game um, and you you brought him off the bench and, and got a free kick, a corner, anything like that, he'd, he'd be great, a great asset. And I think he presses well. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what he's like on Sunday. Um, any pressing thoughts on West Ham before we, we pick
1: teams, gents? No, I kind of agree with you on War Prouse, and I do wonder whether it maybe just not saying Liverpool we're in for him, and he in many ways wouldn't have fitted the profile, would he? But a homegrown midfielder would have been useful. Um, whether it was just something about you know minutes because because not only has he gone there and instantly slotted in, which I suppose partly you'd expect going to the at the same kind of league, but already feels like he's a bit of a fan favorite and a bit of a hero, doesn't he? And, and as you yeah. say, he's a, he's a very effective player. But no, I'm I'm kind of oh, he's got the Everton connections and and United yeah. Moyes. You know, on, on paper, he's someone that like maybe a lot of Reds wouldn't like. But I, I, I go back to the, the celebrations when they won one in Europe last season. I think he's and he's a good bloke, and and you know he's he's kind of good yeah. football man, and he's one whom you, you kind of think has. Is the get you know a few years ago I thought as the game maybe caught up with him a little bit and you know as he as he got a, a kind of swan song in him and and, and another good run with a deep with a club but I think he's got that and and as you say some of the additions to this West Ham team and the journeys taking them on especially when last season looked like you know, he he might not see the season out at certain points Um, you know they, they they looks like they're building on the momentum of the European win quite well and yeah I think they'll be quite dangerous on Sunday
0: certainly yeah okay Kiefer. Um... Allison returns in goal i'm sure um that you're back for
2: uh i've gone for gomez canate van dyke and robertson um gomez purely just for the fact of i think i think i said it to you before joe but i'm not a huge fan of this new inverted fullback especially when trent isn't playing yeah. um but i thought andy robertson looked all the better last week for kind of returning to his you know former duties where he was allowed to kind of get you know get up and kind of act as as another attacker um and obviously gets the goal against wolves doesn't he and he's Think I'd said in the summer that I had not concerns about him, but certainly if Liverpool were looking at this hybrid system long term, I did maybe worry where Robertson's, you know, especially at the age he's at now, I did maybe worry what his future looked like. But you know, he's answered those critics really emphatically. As I say, kind of drove, drove that comeback last week, didn't he at Wolves? And he's just impressed and. I think for the, for to get the best out of him, as we see with Trent, you know, sometimes Robertson has to be the conservative one. But I think you know, him and Gomez in a pair, I think that really allows Robertson to return to you know, maybe like 2019 Robertson, where you know, his numbers are really good and not, I think they drop off a lot last year. Um, but I just think he needs that freedom if he is gonna, you know, he's not someone who's gonna sit in and tuck in and be a you know, a left sided center half, he? he's he's he's. He's not limited as a footballer, but he's certainly not Trent Alexander-Arnold. And I think, for that case, he's very good at the basics. He's, he's very good at getting the ball out of his feet, playing a one-two and getting around his man. He's very good at whipping the ball into the box. And I think, you know, he's someone who does set the tempo on that side, doesn't he? And I think, you know, we're talking about sluggish starts and slow starts that have caught Liverpool cold at, at times this season. I just think if you can get Robertson, someone who loves to press high up in the faces, I think, you know, it, it, it would make Liverpool's play all the better. So, he, yeah, for that, Gomez comes back in for me.
0: I'd go along with that back for Sean? Yeah, I think I think
1: that's probably fair. Gorsley did a piece on Alexander Arnold's you know, potential return a couple of days ago. And, and he was seen back out on the on the grass, wasn't he, on Wednesday, albeit not training with the, the main group ahead of the Europa game. And Gorsley's theory was that it was it was 50-50 for Sunday, whether he'd be back. Yeah, I, I think Gomez, if, if there's any, if there's any question over his fitness, you, you bring Gomez in, don't yeah. you? And I certainly agree yeah. with the rest of them. I, I think it would be it would be a massive advantage if, if Trent was good to go for this one, and then obviously you can rest him. In midweek, for the last of the game, but yeah, maybe safety first.
0: Well, what's your midfield, Sean? Stick with you. This, this one's really
1: difficult because I, I mean, obviously Sobersley starts. I, I think Jones definitely starts, um given he didn't get a minute, did he, in, in, in the Europa League? So you know, he's he's, he's ready and raring to go. <clears throat> for me, it just comes down to who's holding for you, and you know, to throw Basetta straight back into that in what will be a bit of a midfield battle against West Ham. I don't think you can do. Um, So I think I'd go with McAllister, Soboslai and Jones, but I might be tempted to to, to drop Jones deepest, um, which maybe would be a bit kind of counterintuitive because obviously, you know, Klopp has tended to put McAllister there, hasn't he? And and whilst Wolves clearly came too soon for him after his mountainous exertions on the international break, you know, he did well against Villa, didn't he? So it'll be those three. But yeah, I just wonder what what kind of,
0: what way they'll, they'll line up those three. Yeah, I'd go... Almost exactly, where along with that, Kiefer, what about you?
2: Yeah, the same. I think, you know, we can see now, I think Jones is firmly in Liverpool's first choice midfield. Certainly, Montiago isn't there. So I think he's kind of got that place on the on the left nailed down. Uh, I think McAllister and Sabazlai, the two new lads, they've, they've not put a foot wrong. I know McAllister wasn't great last weekend, but obviously, circumstances are around that. Um, and I think as well, if you have Sabazlai and Jones, as we saw at Wolves, it you know, if things aren't going Liverpool's way, I think you, it allows you to to tweak it and, and go to, you know, if you both want them to sit in a pivot and then, you you know, you get the, the four, like, you know, go to a four four two essentially. And, and that's what they did last week for the second half. So I think not only their quality, but also that tactical versatility they all hold. I, I don't think you could, you know, say the same with Harvey early. I don't think he's as disciplined enough to sit. So I just think, you know, Jones maybe having that extra string to his bow, you know, nudges him ahead in this one.
0: Yeah. Okay. What's your forward line, Kiefer? It's probably maybe the trickiest part in the team.
2: Yeah. Diaz, as I say, I know I know he played probably more than we all expected yesterday. Um, but I think he's got a start. As I say, I think he's always him and Salah. I think I've got those two positions nailed down. Um, so Salah's on the other side, and then gone, gone with Nunez. I, I mean, a lot's been made of you know confidence and and you know the Europa League being able to breathe new new life into him and. He had the he had the goals at newcastle a few weeks ago and then started against villa and was unlucky not to probably get a hat-trick that day i mean he, he sets up one for the own goal i think he hits the bar with another and i think he came close to the second half on Salah, you know click one to the back post so you know there was momentum build and he just you know wasn't fortunate enough to get on the score sheet and now he's obviously had this goal in midweek um if you can kind of follow that up with a game against west ham where i uh, I don't think they have the squad depth at Liverpool house, so you know potential there to be tired legs. And you know we are talking about a fast start. If you've got Darwin Nunes running at you at five past two on a Sunday afternoon, don't think it's going to be the most enjoyable experience. So yeah, throwing from, from Nunes in there alongside the Salah and Diaz.
0: Yeah, again, I, I would agree with that. I, I like like Nunes at the moment. I like his form. I, I, I think he does feel like he needs a bit of a bit of TLC in terms of. Keeping him in the team and showing him he's important and, and rewarding him for for good performances, which I, I think he's been putting in. Sean, what about yourself?
1: Yeah, I mean that that is absolutely the three I would I would play, and I totally agree with what you just said about Nunes. Obviously Salah starts and Diaz. I just think if West Ham come and sit in a bit, which they will, yeah. four two three one, four one four one, maybe you just need him to stretch them and break them down. But Gakpo and Jota both unused subs on Thursday night. I, I don't see how one of them doesn't start in in a way. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. albeit there is, there is, you know, your club could be saying to them, Well, sorry, lads, not this weekend, but you know, you're both leading the line for us on Wednesday night in in the Carabao. But yeah, I suppose if, if there's anyone going back to what I said at the start of the pod, if there's anyone of those three, maybe the position isn't such shaky, it might be Diaz just because he, he has played the 90, so um, maybe Gakpo could slot in for him. Um, and either him or Nunes could maybe be on the left if 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 Diaz is kept on the bench. But, but yeah, I, I hope he goes with those three from the start and try to kind of change the narrative a little bit and get Liverpool on the front foot and ahead early and then make his changes rather than the other way around.
0: Give us your prediction, please.
1: Um, I'm going to say i to say two 0 to Liverpool, um, which you know would be a bit of a shock if they didn't go one 0 down and then and then come back, as has been the, the the theme all season. But given West Ham played as well on Thursday night and. Okay, they they you know they they just about managed to compete on two fronts last season, but hopefully that's a bit of a shock to the system for them, and Liverpool can capitalise.
0: Yeah, Kiva.
2: Two one, I think. I think West Ham. Have, they look good going forward. I think they've scored in every game, or well, near enough every game this season, so they'll be be a threat. I, I think they might be able to catch Liverpool out cold. Um, hopefully not, but I just think. Liverpool have too much, you know, whether that's coming from behind or you know, certain and early lead. I just think that firepower up front, you know, no matter what other areas of the pitch, if they're you know not as stable as they should be, I just think Liverpool's attack is just is the is the best around and they'll score goals.
0: Yeah, agreed again. Um I think um I think it will be a bit of a scrap um for Liverpool on Sunday and um West Ham will make things difficult, but I, I think they'll get the job done two up three one probably, two two one, I initially thought. But Liverpool seem to be able to get that snatch that late goal. Just um, as teams are um, pushing up and trying to get one themselves. So yeah, three one. Um, and yeah, um, we'll be back on Monday to um, to talk about the West Ham game. To look forward to the world's greatest cup competition, the League Cup against Leicester. And um, thanks very much, James. Let's bring the plane down safely, and um, we'll see you next time, Tara.